Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in Luke chapter 18. And tonight is study number 6. We're continuing to look at the first verse, which says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And as we've been looking up the Greek word translated as faint, it led us to Galatians chapter 6. And in Galatians 6, the Lord uh, makes this statement, and verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And the the Greek word translated as faint is translated here in Galatians 6.9 as weary. Let us not faint in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. And from that verse we started looking at God's program of reaping. And reaping is gathering the fruit. And we saw uh, in our last study how uh, the the Feast of Ingathering, which is held in conjunction with the Feast of Tabernacles, it was held at the same time. Uh, both feasts began on the 15th day of the Hebrew seventh month. Both feasts um, continued for seven days, had an, a, a solemn eighth day. And, and therefore, both feasts would conclude on the 23rd day of the seventh month as all would be sent home. And they would be sent home from the Feast of Tabernacles and, and they would be sent home from the Feast of Ingathering, the time when they had come before God and, and had gathered together themselves. And that's the key that um, ties in with what God has done Spiritually, he has saved his elect, and during the day of salvation is when they were saved through the program of evangelization, which was a time of sowing seed. And, and it wasn't that long ago, we all can remember very well, uh, God's command, and, and it was stressed, it, it was, um, placed upon our hearts by God himself. Get out there. Get out in the world. Share the gospel. Sow the seed. Sow, sow, sow. Sow the seed. Every time you share the word of God, it was as spiritual seed falling upon the hearts of men. And God would bless his word to those that he had before ordained to his elect predestinated unto salvation to receive it. And they would become saved and they would become like fruit. Well, that was the day of salvation was the season to sow. But then comes judgment day. The whole evangelization of the world stops. It's the end of sowing the seed. Um, As it says in a verse in Deuteronomy, it's sort of an indirect statement, but it really has uh, great significance. God says, you do not sow seed on ground 
that has been destroyed by fire and brimstone. Of course you wouldn't. Everything is burnt. The fire and brimstone has destroyed it. And so you don't sow at that time. Spiritually, God began to pour out fire and brimstone on May 21, 2011. And therefore, you don't sow seed. Then, no, and and the season has changed. It's no longer the day of salvation. No, Christ has come as a thief in the night. And it's judgment day. It's the time of reaping. We know it's a time of reaping because the Bible says the harvest is the end of the world. So God links harvest and the end. The Bible says in Revelation 14, the Lord Jesus, the Son of Man, is putting in his sickle to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Judgment Day. The Bible tells us in Joel chapter 3, Put ye in the sickle, for the vats are full, their wickedness is great. In the context of Judgment Day. Judgment Day is the time of reaping. There is a time to sow, according to Ecclesiastes 3, and there's a time to reap. And the reaping is taking place now. It's another program. It's a different program in some ways, but it's similar in others. God says, you must prophesy again. And just as... The program of sowing the seed was carried out through prophesying, through going into the world with the gospel. The program of reaping that which was sown is carried out the same way. If you read Revelation 10, you must prophesy again. Uh, I I will read it. It says in that last verse, uh, verse 11, And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, and nations, and tongues, and kings. Four groups, because it's pointing to the four points of the earth, the four points of the compass, north, south, east, west, the whole world. You must prophesy again. And the only thing that's changed from the time of sowing the seed to reaping the fruit is that God is no longer saving. And the door is shut rather than open. The light of the gospel is out rather than brightly shining and so forth. And, and yet God's people are, are basically doing the same thing in just declaring what the Bible says. We're, we're only teaching this is what the Bible says just as before. We did the same thing. When God was saving a great multitude, we told people, the door's wide open. Go to the Lord. Seek him while you may be found. Now, we, we tell people what the Bible says. The door is shut. We're, we're only doorkeepers in season, out of season. We, we just um, are following orders, following direction, and sharing what we have learned that has come down from above to our our lowly position as a doorkeeper. When the door is open, we rejoice. 
and and it, it was a time of great rejoicing that God is saving so many. When the door is shut, it's grievous, and we have sorrowed over it, yet we uh, have to tell the truth, and we have to say what we have been instructed to say, the door is shut. And what God has shut, no man can open. We certainly cannot open it. As it says uh, significantly in that parable of Luke 16, with the rich man in hell, in torment, desiring a drop of water, and, and he has discussion with Father Abraham, send Lazarus, he requests. And Father Abraham says that they which would from hence come come with that drop of water cannot. They're, they're unable. There's an inability to uh, to go over that great gulf that's fixed. And and that's our inability today. I'm sorry. It's not my idea. It's not um, any child of God's idea to shut the door. We would desire it open. We would desire there be at least a drop of water, at least a ray of light, just the littlest bit of salvation, because we have people we would want to experience the grace of God and the mercy of God still. And and so, yes, we would, but we cannot, because uh, the Lord has placed within us a desire to do His will. And we have to be honest. We have to only say what God will permit us to say. We cannot go beyond. And, and, uh, and, and so we have to tell people the truth. And the truth is the door is shut because the season has changed. The season of sowing is done. Now it's time to reap. We saw in Zephaniah 3 um, last time, and again it says um, in verse 16 of Zephaniah 3, In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion, let not thine hands be slack. And remember, this is the Hebrew word 7503, that is um, faint or weary. Let, let not thy hands be faint. It's the word that was in uh, Isaiah chapter 13 in the context of Judgment Day. And and then it goes on in verse 17, Jehovah thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly. And, and the uh, two-word solemn assembly is a translation of the word that is translated as appointed time or time appointed that's used in relationship to all the feasts, the, the set feast, the appointed feasts, and the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Ingathering included. So God says, I will gather them that are sorrowful for the 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 set time or the appointed time who are of thee to whom the reproach of it was a burden behold at that time I will undo all that afflict thee and I will save her that halteth 
and gather her that was driven out. Now, keep in mind the word save. We're looking to be saved. God's people, as we look towards the day of resurrection or the rapture, the day of the redemption of our body, according to Romans 8, is a day of salvation, the completion of salvation. It's the salvation of our body. And and that's what would be in view here, where God says, I will save her that halteth, I will gather her that was driven out, and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I will gather you. For I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith Jehovah. And and when was the captivity returned? After the 70-year period, which would point to after the Great Tribulation. And, and uh, so this whole passage is relating to our day. Now let's just um, look at another verse in Nehemiah. Nehemiah 8, where the word gather is found in verse 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And and in Nehemiah 8, it's in the context of the Feast of Tabernacles, the the statement will be made in verse 18, that um, day by day from the first day until the last day, that he read in the book of the law. And that's the only time in the Old Testament the last day phrase is used in conjunction or along with the Feast of Tabernacles. And and it's used once in John 7, verse 37, along with the Feast of Tabernacles, the last day of Tabernacles. And the other six times it's used um, in relationship to the rapture, the resurrection of the dead, and the last day, judgment day, the end of the world. And and God is linking together then Nehemiah 8 with this gathering of the people as one man. Who would that man be? The Lord Jesus Christ. They've come together as the body of Christ. It's God's elect that are there present to keep the feast, and they will continue observing the feast to the last day. And that, again, spiritually would point to God's elect who have been saved and have come together as the body of Christ to observe the Feast of Tabernacles unto the last day. And that's what we're looking towards on October 7th, 2015, the last day of harvest, the last day of tabernacles, and there's a strong likelihood the last day of this earth's existence, and and then God's people will, uh, if we're correct, go home. They'll be taken up out of the world and forever be with the Lord in the new heaven and new earth. Well, um, there there's something else that, uh, as I was looking up the word reap, before we, we move on in our parable, and I know some people might be wondering, well, what does any of this have to do with the the uh, prayer of the widow woman in that parable of Luke 18? Well, it it's related through the word faint. And sometimes 
you know, this is part of the uh, fun, part of the joy of searching the Bible and allowing Scripture to be compared with Scripture. Sometimes it just takes you and and uh, sort of carries you away in, in uh, directions that um, you didn't start off intending to go. But but the word reap it it led me to this verse and uh and to a, a realization it's not a major realization but it is uh, important as everything in the bible is important and it's important especially for this time uh, at uh, of of reaping in Matthew 6 Matthew 6 it says in verse 26 behold the fowls of the air for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Okay, so here uh, Christ, the Lord Jesus, is making a statement about the fowls of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And the reaping and gathering into barns are basically the same thing. Uh, again, that word gather. They don't gather. The fowls do not gather. The fowls do not sow. Now, we know from the parable in Matthew 13 that fowls have a negative uh, connotation. When God uses the word fowl, as he does here in Matthew 13, it's not in a positive way. Let's take a look in Matthew 13, verses 3 and 4. It says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. All right, so there is is a, a, a picture of God's salvation program, as um, many of us already know. The seed is the word of God, as Jesus goes on to explain this parable. And the sower is the son of man, Jesus himself. But in the explanation of the fowls, down in verses 18 and 19, uh, there it says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, this is he which receives seed by the wayside. And who was it? Uh, if we go back to verse 4, when the seed was sown and fell by the wayside, it was the fowls came and devoured them up. Well, the explanation by Jesus in verse 19 says it was the wicked one, or, or it, it was Satan. It was Satan's emissaries that that took the seed. The fowls represent the wicked, the wicked ones. Satan and the kingdom of darkness are all those that are unsaved. They do not sow. They do not sow. And that is, they are not active. They are not occupied in the day of salvation, that is, when when God was issuing the decree, go forth, sow the seed in the world, the wicked 
did not sow. If they they gave any appearance of sowing, it was not the true gospel. We'll have to clarify that. The wicked do not sow the true gospel. The son of man, his seed would have been the true gospel. The sower as he sows the seed. The, the wicked do not sow in the time of sowing. Instead, their task, what they're busy doing, what they are active in, is devouring the seed. They're, they're, um, they're involved in snatching it away from, and again, this would be from the hearts of men. And I, I know many of us have experienced this leading up to May 21, 2011, since that was the most recent time we were sowing. And that was a bountiful effort of sowing the seed of the word of God. And we would go and we would share information with people and uh, uh, whether online or in person, handing out tracts. Uh, I remember in, in both cases, and you, you could get in a conversation with someone and someone steps up, someone walks up. And they're not interested in sowing the good seed of the word of God, the truth of the Bible. No, they're, they listen for a second and then they start arguing and disputing and, and contradicting and, and, and telling the other person, don't listen to this. And, and, you know, that's what they do in person online. They, they do similar things. And, and so, uh, what the conversation you were having with the one, it, it was as though Satan interfered, the wicked came, and, and because that was Satan's goal to prevent, um, his house from being ransacked, to prevent the, the elect from leaving the kingdom of darkness, and, and of course, he was never successful when it came to an actual elect, but there were many that were called, and they they had the seed snatched away. They uh, were disturbed in the process, and the the seed could not take good root. Well, first of all, because it didn't fall on good ground, we know that. But uh, Satan came to assault. He came to Take it away. But here is the interesting thing. Well, let, let's look at Luke chapter 12. Luke 12, uh, which is just restating what we read in Matthew 6. In Luke 12, 24, consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. Okay, so the ravens would be the fowls. It goes on to say at the end of verse 24, how much, how much more are ye better than the fowls? So the fowls again, this time they're named to be ravens. They do not sow nor reap. Well, we know, we know from that parable that the ravens, the, the fowls of the air definitely weren't sowing seed, were they? They were snatching it away. Well, what do they do in the harvest? What do the fowls do in the time of reaping? Well, God tells us 
they do not reap. They do not sow, and we know exactly what that means. We know the wicked, those that were never saved, those that do not understand truth, they do not understand the deep things of God, the mysteries of the Word of God. They, they, they fail to understand this, and in their failure, they uh, have a natural mind, and, and they perceive the, the spiritual teachings of the, the gospel, of the true Word of God. Uh, they, they just don't like it. It disturbs them. They sense, uh, as the Pharisees used to sense, that Jesus was speaking against them. And, and, and so they lash out. Well, just as the fowls of the heaven represent the wicked and, and are, were never involved actually in the sowing process in actuality, of course, and in, you know, that, that's a pretty much a general statement. But as far as the word of God's concerned in this parable, they did not involve themselves in sowing, but in um, hindering the sowing of the seed. We can expect, we can expect in the time of reaping that the fowls will not help. They will not participate. They will not um, uh, lend a hand in in the process. That is, they are not going to come along. And and uh, as there's a discussion uh, with with people, as we're talking about no more salvation, or we're we're discussing uh, the likely date of the world's end on October seventh, twenty fifteen. And, and many of the other things we've learned uh, concerning the righteous revelation of the judgment of God in these days after the tribulation, the fowls will come and they will uh, be a monkey wrench in the process and they're going to say, oh, I'll see you on October 8th if they're of the world or if they're of the church. No man knows a day or hour and they're going to attempt to... Uh, prevent the, not the seed from falling, but the reaping from occurring. They're going to prevent, attempt to prevent, they won't succeed, but attempt to prevent God from gathering together his fruit. From God, prevent God from, uh, reaping the harvest. That's what the fowls will be actively doing in this time period. And it's no wonder, uh, you know, I, I, I've never seen anything like it when we post and have advertised things on Twitter or Facebook, wherever it is. The numbers of people that have shut their ears and closed their eyes and will not even begin to look is staggering. It is staggering. And, and, and every now and then, there's there's like one out of a hundred or one out of two hundred that that says, well, let's just wait and see. And uh, you know, you you can you can hear the voice of one of God's people as they're responding, but all around them, it's it's an enormous gathering of fowls uh, that are not participating. They're not involved in the reaping process in any way. 
and uh, and and because the fowls of the heaven do not sow and do not reap, they they do not get involved with either one. Thanks for joining us for E Bible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.